association with the Weyland-Yutani Bulletin and SciFi.com, this is Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga Podcast. We are the only exclusively alien podcast of its kind, with your hosts, J.M. Prater and Peter Hay. God damn it, that's not all. Because if one of those things gets down here, then that will be all. And all this, this bullshit that you think is so important, you can just kiss all that goodbye. You still don't understand what you're dealing with, do you? Perfect organism. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. Fucking A. Hey everybody, this is the Perfect Organism Podcast. This is our latest episode. Um, I'm Pete. I'm introducing today. Jamie's at the store. He'll be here with us shortly, but today I'm joined by... Ross Poulter from Wayland Yutani Bulletin. And Aaron Percival, a.k.a. Corporal Hicks from avpgalaxy.net. And uh, today we're going to start off by talking about the Alien comic books. Uh, There's been plenty of great ones, plenty of not-so-great ones. Um, But today we're going to have a roundtable discussion and talk with some great folks about a couple great comic books. And we'll just get some opinions and discuss uh, all the different comics. So, uh, Ross, you sounded like you uh, had some good starting points with book one. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, for anyone who doesn't know about book one, book one is probably, it is the starting point. It's not um, one of the starting points. It is the start of Alien Comics. It's, it was released July 88 to July 89 in six issues. Um, the covers were by Mark A. Nelson. It was written by Mark Verhaden. And it is possibly one of the most nightmarish and beautiful stories that I've read. I mean, I, I think when it was first released on trade paperback, it was a purple and blue cover by Mark Nelson. But then they did the Dave Dorman cover later on. Yep, yep. That, I have the uh, first edition. Yeah, the first edition's lovely, but the, the, the Dave Dorman one, it was the cover art that drew me to it when I was younger. It was, it was, it was what, possibly one of his best wraparound covers. It was like a nightmare in, you know nightmare in a hive world sort of thing it was fantastic and you know and there has to be something said about this book because there's two versions of it there's the versions that came out and then when alien 3 was announced they edited it down to to fit in with the events of that movie so if a lot of people have read the edited version but not the version that just focuses on that that hicks new new deep in despair after having her experience on LV426 Hicks in I think he's in prison oh, I got um yeah that, that yeah. sounds about right he's in yeah. a stockade for I think deserting a post or something or I think he was yeah, he's been disorderly conduct yeah. yeah yeah drunk and disorderly conduct uh, conduct obviously because he's suffering as well but I think he'd been promoted to sergeant he wasn't corporal yes. at this time i don't think he i don't think he does in the comics i think that's from solely from the book from steve perry's novel what earth hive which is yeah. obviously the, the the novel version yeah I, I can't remember it's been it's one of my favorite books and i haven't read it in like a couple of months mm. as well I'm, they, uh, they just re-released the um the first three books they have yes i've yeah, just yes just been rereading them actually because of um 
<coughs> sorry, just been sent a copy, so I've just been reading them and I've just finished um, Nightmare Asylum. So they're slightly yeah. fresh on my mind. Yeah, fantastic. I mean, the the novel. I mean, to be fair, uh, to fans out there who want to read it in the novel form, it's a really, really cheap little edition with all three books in. Mm. Yeah, it's like it's very good. Ten bucks. Very. Yeah, it's brilliant, and uh, they're also releasing a blue and a red version with genocide and the later comics in in three installments in each book. I think it's and on there the should back. be more after that as well. Yeah, they've only announced the yeah. three so far, which Maybe is the first seven comics. Yeah, yeah. I think there's about yeah. seven volumes. I think they've announced, which I have no clue what they're going to do because they've run out of uh, comics after about four volumes. I say say novel yeah. uh, comics are in novelizations after about four volumes. Yeah, so I don't I, I don't know what they're going to do, but we'll wait and see. You know, maybe they mm. maybe they've got maybe they put the AVP ones in there as well. I don't know. Welcome we'll to the call, Jamie. Hi guys, how you doing? Hi man, thank you. How's it going? It's going well. It's going well. I'm just I'm sitting listening. I, I'm you guys are far more into the comics than I am, but uh, I'm. Uh, it's great to hear so much about uh, what everybody knows and. You know how it's kind of inspired them. So keep on. That's fine. Um, I, I, I wanted to say the the book one for those of you or listeners who haven't read it or have only read um, the edited down version that came out around Alien Three. Um, I'm not sure if the ultimate edition that is coming out in a couple of months is going to be edited or not edited. It is it's not edited. That's uh, the original right. one. Yeah, which is what we what you want. It was a fan. Yeah. It was a horrifying story, uh, and I think being in black and white made it even more horrifying in some ways. Mm, um, for me, I, it was a fantastic. But you know, those of you want to get it, I know that there's an ultimate edition coming out. So nice big hardback yeah. as well, from the sounds of it, like the recent yeah. releases that Dark Horse have done. Yes. Yeah, uh, a much needed shot in the arm for the aliens comics considering they haven't got their their big banking comic of star wars anymore so they need mm-hmm. to they need to push aliens more and book one's the best place to start definitely couldn't agree more yeah. is, would so with the comics coming out and then there, there was a lot of comics during the interim between aliens and alien three and then having those comics did it affect you guys what you thought about when you saw alien three because there's so much more they could have done but they chose a very specific path how did how did that sit with you guys based off of your love of the comics well i Um, personally didn't come into the comics until after um after alien three so by this point i already had the stew of uh wilkes and uh, Wilkes and Billy and Hicks and Newton they're all the same but they're not the same kind of mess <clears throat> so it was a little different for me I don't know about Ross though uh, yeah I remember it before Alien 3 I mean I remember Aliens it, I'd, I'd read these comics before I'd seen the first film uh, Aliens was the draw for me I, I, I don't know I, I don't know what kind of cover you had on your VHS tapes when you're in America but it was just the dark, it was just the alien with the blue outline and the aliens hmm. and there's it, something that draws you into that but then I used to change schools a lot and a friend just gave me a book one he handed it to me and goes read this and that I've never looked back since and I think the the comics for me 
I've got a lot more. And I don't, I'm not knocking the movies. The movies are are, are a, a, a seminal thing. But for me, the comics is where it started because in the UK you got them weekly, and there'd be all sorts of Dark Horse editions later on in the nineties that you could get. But Alien Book One in the six issue form was uh, I, I don't know. It was a seminal moment for me. It, it just. It just drew me in. I haven't. I haven't looked back from that world since that comic book. It's. Don't get me wrong, though. Book two was a good follow-up, but you you became aware that a- Alien Three had influenced them. You know, by book two. Hence, no, well, after sure. book two. After, oh, okay. After book after book two, you had genocide, and genocide. Um, that jump off. You know, the first comic to shift away from movie cam- characters was genocide. You had that more, oh, we're a military organization, company, corporation, what have you. We want Royal Jelly to make Xeno Zip or what have you to make Ultimate Soldiers. And it became more about the the scientific pursuit of 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 corporations than it did about the main characters. Be- and Alien 3 influenced that shift entirely yeah well i I suppose dark horse would have been um somewhat afraid of doing all this stuff and end up having uh, the next movie um destroying it again like like with alien 3 so you can kind of understand whether they're where the thinking would have been in that and i think there would have been it was good that it opened the world up though i think alien 3 it changed it for the better because some of my favorites are Labyrinth, Stronghold, Genocide, Hive. Definitely. These really dark, extra, they, they took it an extra level. I never thought I'd see a Xenomorph android, but I love the idea. Yeah, yeah. Well, there, there was only so much they could have done if they were trying to follow the movie characters as well anyway, so I think it was somewhat inevitable that they'd eventually need to uh, branch out. It just happens to have coincided with... Um, with Alien 3 sort of negating what they'd done beforehand. Yeah, it just, uh, it, there was a couple of strange moments in Dark Horse's history, though, where you've got, was it Alien Sacrifice, which was beautiful and dark and noir. Mm. And that was almost an Alien 3 storyline, that that little one-shot comic. That's it, the one with I the mean, babies, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the, it's on an agrarian society, like almost like um, a monastery, a monasterial society and and people are very paranoid and it had that kind of alien three vibe to it you know mm. they're, they're fighting off with spears and fire so it's i don't know it i just i appreciate that shift book one and book two i was never a fan of uh, earth war if i'm honest no. I, I thought it was a terrible cap to that storyline sam Keith was uh, that's just book three isn't it yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Earth War or Book Three. Yeah. I think it eventually got named uh, Female War at some yep. point in the remakes just as well. At the, uh, looking at my bookshelf because it's Earth Hive, Nightmare Asylum, and then Female War. Yeah. Yeah. Sam Keith was just a terrible choice to draw aliens. Yes. Yeah. No. It just didn't work. I don't know what happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, how do you how do you go from Den Bovace to that? You, it's you, what you can't follow. No. <laughs> You it's set too high of a standard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, th- there's it's some never going to get better than that. Hmm. Well, th- 
there's some that, like you said, with Sacrifice, that was actually quite a gorgeous comic that I think's quite oh, comparable yeah. to Dan Bouvet. Um, but there's still a lot of really other talented people in there, you know, Keith um, Plunkington, and some of the newer guys, actually, um, for Fire and Stone. Um, Prometheus was gorgeous. Um, I forget who drew that, actually. And um, Now, the Fire and Stone, pardon me for interrupting, the Fire and Stone, is that incorporates the Predator as well, right? Yes. It incorporates everything, yeah. In a good way? Is it well done? Predator, I think, was probably the best series out of that run, yeah, actually. Yeah, yes, yeah. I The art in Aliens was fantastic. Uh, the, the Prometheus thing, it felt like they'd just gone, oh, crap, we better shoehorn this in. <laughs> well, you know what? Because- By all accounts, that seemed like it had a bit of a Alien 3, Prometheus, Alien Covenant issue where they did things and then... Fox pretty much sacked him over and they had to go back and redo things actually yeah it it didn't feel like um, it didn't feel like it flowed at Mm. all well no matter what iteration and I've got the big version as well where it's all in and it's all apparently in chronological how you're supposed to read it Mm. and I just I I I came away from it wasted I was just oh god I just I've got to read something else because Mm. that was it, it didn't I I still go back and read genocide all the time. You know, it's it, that is one of those books that stuck with me mainly because it's kind of almost the first inkling you get that there's an alien homeworld, and there's it, it's not about them populating the universe and killing everyone. It's just they're just animals. The first time. Was, um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, it's the first time you really get an inkling of the Expanded in the Expanded universe. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's more about a billionaire going, I, I know that I want this royal jelly and I'm pushing to do something I know is ultimately dangerous no matter how it, it, it had a, you know, that, that I think that's what was wrong with the beginning of Prometheus was the film, I mean, is, is, is it felt more like, oh, I'm a billionaire and I must do this rather than, oh, it didn't feel lived in. It felt like I've got all the technology in the world to throw at this thing, which is what genocide was. They had a big ship. They had um, force fields and acid-reducing armor, and, you know, it was crazy. It's, it's a, a crazy little book, but it works wonderfully. So, you know, that's a favorite for me. I can't I can't deny genocide at all. That's the one that got me started on uh... – alien way back in the day i mean i'm not that old but um i picked up the paperback of the novel at the thrift store for like a quarter and i was like wow you know this cover art looks pretty cool and i had essentially very little clue at what alien really was back then so i picked up the novel uh, i read it probably like 10 years ago or something but uh that's that's what really got me started. It wasn't until a couple of years ago I realized most of those novels were based on comic books. Yeah. And uh it's pretty great stuff. Um and just what really upsets me is that there's just so much potential for the alien lore for like great video games, great comic books, and great books in general, and a lot of it just isn't being capitalized on. But on the on the flip side of that, I'd rather it not be saturated with kind of eh stuff. I'd rather have really great stuff like we have now. Mm. Yeah. That's not- I mean, uh, uh, the uh, genocide, going back, I think I always thought it would make a good film. But oh, yeah. there's also part of me that goes, no, please, please, please just leave it alone because the book means so much to me. 
Mm-hmm. It, 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 I get a certain amount of um, joy, and obviously, it's a book. It's a tactile thing. It, there's an enjoyment there, um, but it's you're in two minds about it. You go, "Oh, don't make a movie," or "Shall you make a movie?" Because it would be fantastic if you did it right, but they won't do it right, and your your brain starts spiraling a little bit because of again of Alien Three. Alien Three was that big. That's that that that's our, that was the alien Prometheus at the time. It was it was very controversial. It was very polarizing. People loved it. They hated it. It was it it's was a, a masterpiece. Big yes, it is. It's beautiful now. It's almost like the Blade Runner of of the franchise. It's just it it's grown with charm, I think. And but it wasn't that at the beginning. It was a, a, a you know it was an aborted kind of thing at the beginning where and no one knew what to do with it it didn't mm-hmm. work now ross because you and i are closer in age uh did you when alien 3 was on the way coming out did you buy the comics first or did you see the film first i saw the film first because okay. it was it was one of those things that you know when you get when you first see a film and it doesn't happen very often and you I think the matrix is one of them. Um, by the end of that film, at no point did I think there's going to be two more films. I yeah. thought that's done. That's yeah. done. The, 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 the mythology's there. The questions are there. I'm happy mm-hmm. thinking about that in my own head. And then they made two films and it was rubbish. <laughs> you know, alien three was that thing. You didn't have the social media you have now where everyone's talking about it, it just sort of appears. It comes out of nowhere. You started, um, I've got one of them. They had a big display stand with a big alien pushing out of plastic and that got banned in the UK. Really? Um, yeah, it was a strange one because all the posters were just... resurrection one? Uh, no, there was, they did it first for Alien 3. And then they did it for resurrection and they, they kept it in stores for resurrection. So it it was one of those things that just uh-huh. came out of nowhere and there was pictures of Ripley and her Parker with a shaved head and everyone's going, what, what's going on? What the heck's going on? Where did mm. that come from? And then when you went to see it, you could tell that it wasn't a complete film at all. You know, it was like watching mm. June. When you watch June, you go, oh God, did you, did you just drop most of the book on the floor and, <laughs> you know... <laughs> It, well, you got the impression, especially with June, that, that, that the director didn't read the book. He just didn't. Yeah. You know, no one... June is is war and peace for the sci-fi community. It's a big book. It's like mm-hmm. a textbook. Yeah, <laughs> but if, if, once you get into it, it's one it's one of the best, best books you could possibly read. It I think it's the best. However, the sci- sci-fi channel did a... Um, a version they did Dune, then they did Children of Dune, then I think they did one more. Um, and they were boring as shit, but they were Wasn't really good to the book. Wasn't John yes. Hurt in the miniseries? Yeah, he was. Yeah, they, when they did the actual why they got his name, he, he, he saw them out, that they made him, the story was complete, but it was like, it was like watching blocks of wood act, if I remember <laughs> rightly. Yeah. I know. never made it through the second ones. I got bored of that, I will be honest. 
well, the, I mean, the series. That's, that's I mean, par for the course for a Sci-Fi Channel, though, isn't it? Yeah, back then in the day, it was. I mean, uh, they even had Susan Sarandon in it too. I think she was in Children of Dune, um, and a very young. Oh, what's that actor's name? Um, who was in Wanted with uh, uh, James Angelique. McAvoy? Yeah, he played yes. his son, didn't he? Yes, and uh, he was great. He was great in the film, um, or yeah, in the series. But anyways, well, I asked about Alien Three because. I was 16 at the time when it was coming out, and I was being raised in a very religious society, and they were like, no, you can't see that film. Um, so what my dad did, though, is he took me to the comic book store, and uh, he, I started buying the comics of Alien 3. And so that's how I saw the film first. Um, right. And I read the comics you know, every week. One came out. Um, I think it was a two-parter, actually. I think. Three. It was a three-parter. Three three part, okay. Yeah. Um, and it was awesome, and see, you know, seeing Ripley with the shaped head, and it was a little bit more risque. And then you saw the scene with uh, the chestburster swimming out of Newt's mouth, and kind of they're kind of hinting that it then goes into Ripley's mouth, you know. Um, so then when I saw the film finally after it was out on video, and this was probably a year later in '93, uh, I loved it, but I was like, oh, they didn't. What about all this other stuff that was in the comic? That's not in the movie, you know. Yeah, they, they didn't. Uh, it, it was it was blatant for everyone to see from comics and from the way it influenced the universe, especially in the comics and the novels and stuff like that. Is that it was almost even the finished finished article was a work in progress. And I mean, we've only just recently got the the version we all crave. Yeah, uh, and and that's still not quite like that it doesn't show like you said jam the 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 chestburster transferring and that you don't get that idea of how tenacious that species is until that scene you've just reminded me of that i've i can remember that clear as day that that little panel is is you know little details like that that's what you want in the films that was kind of um well adaptions in general both the comics and the the books i think are really fascinating to read and i would say there are must reads actually for fans because those differences are really interesting and you get to see stuff that uh, while might have been concept might not necessarily have been filmed for um you know for various reasons money etc because i don't think that chestburster thing was ever filmed no but no i, I mean they did, the, they did the face hug a bit and the dog barking and uh, mm. they I don't think they ever filmed that bit, but it was it's little details like that that would have made the understanding of the, the xenomorph more, you know, how tenacious this thing is. Is it, it, it can transfer itself when it feels threatened or it knows that the host is dying or, you know, it furthered that, that thinking, you know. I'm more, I, I think um, Hive and Stronghold were the ones that, really changed things story-wise in comics. I don't know if you guys have read those. It was I actually, not. The Stronghold was actually the first ever alien, proper alien comic I uh, ever read. Um, prior to wow. that, I'd only, cool. uh, I'd only sort of, um, what did I have? I ended up picking up the last issue of Judge Dredd versus Aliens from, uh, from the newsagents in an indoor market. And I think after that, it was Superman versus Aliens from the school library. Yeah. Um, so Stronghold itself was, was my first ever proper encounter, which I also got from a library, I think. And it's one I still love now. I think it's a cracking comic. Um, 
Yeah. And well, that was the, May May '94, I think that came out. Mm. Well, the, the concepts in it, are specifically um, Jerry, which obviously builds on from Hive, is um, was really fun. This idea of a synthetic alien um, that yes, was uh, fantastic. able to blend in. Yeah. I mean, Norbert was the first incarnation. Was it uh, Stanislaw Mayakovsky? I think was the scientist name who created Norbert in Hive. And it, it, Hive is an acquired taste, but Stronghold, you're mm. right. Jerry was just just a wonderful character, you know, full of full of everything. You know, a big cigar in his mouth and a gun, and you know, creeping up on people. And it, it felt really, really, really great character like i mean you could put one in a movie easy mm. it had the potential to be quite daft um but i think i think it's pulled off in the comic quite well because there's a lot of um, the theme of that comic tends to be a lot around the synthetics and um the sort of treatment of them as well yeah uh, yeah which i think they kind of shoot themselves in the foot with at the end when they basically just go sack them off they find it's synthetics but o- overall it had been quite interesting because it had a bit more depth to it than just being um just just being a, a, a plain shoot 'em up story. Yeah, he had that depth of character as well. They shouldn't it's like you here's a xenomorph we've birthed created and we've given him far too much intelligence because he ends up well, it doesn't he like the poisonous cigar and melt the gut uh, mount um Casper Nordling at the end. He does, yeah. And he becomes quite quite vindictive kind of ending, like no, you know, you shouldn't have done that to the humans, it was wrong. You know, wonderful, horrible ending, but you know, great character, fantastic character. Not sure I ever would like to see it on screen, though. I mean, I think it, no. there's a there's a lot of things that work really well in the comic format. Um, that being one of them, and I'm sure there's plenty of others in the series as too. None that spring to mind instantly, mind you. Um, but there there is some sort of you know level where you think yeah that's fine in comics maybe not in films because that sort of sort of thing it's it's like with um you know he talks and everything and you see him manipulating stuff and i'm not sure i'd ever really want to see that up on the big screen you know an alien it's jaws moving and chatting human with the uh with the other characters you don't think they're going to get it right i can appreciate that kind of sentiment because you just you 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 don't have uh, we don't none of us i don't think any of us can definitively say that we have confidence in the people making these films or um i mean i can't i can't sorry no it's fine i was just saying i i can't i don't have that and until it's until it's proven to me i i'm very wary now i mean me personally i could see an adaption of book one going to screen Mm. because it kind of fits the mold for what bloom camp wants to do yeah yes Yeah. yeah I mean, if, if book one was like the foundation of Blomkamp's film, then I'd say if done well with the right people and the right cast and crew, it could be a very good film. Mm-hmm. But like you said, I'm pretty wary. Uh, I'm not going to hold well, my breath. It's hard not to be. Yeah, I think he probably would have gone book two more than book one because of the what uh, the book two is... It's got more of that militaristic, military yeah, yeah, and and Ripley obviously turns up in that iconic panel, which is just wonderful. She's got everything taped to her, um, but because uh, the first one is is like a nightmare, it, it it plays out like that in the storyline, 
Whereas the like like Aaron said, it's very militaristic. You've got the the troops, and I think there was that image of Hicks and Ripley standing in front of a was it a South Korean or North Korean troop or Korean mm-hmm. troop? Which, oh yeah, yeah, in the in the uh, concept art. Yeah, I yeah, think there was a South Korean Marine. Yeah. Yeah, which I kind of boggles my mind it, that but it was a lovely image, but the the Korean flag and this is nothing against Koreans or anything like that. It was the the idea of there being a country in space. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel, you know, I it, it doesn't feel right. It just I thought oh it's better if it's a corporation or, you know, because it's well, you, I'm not sure you can really say that, considering the Marines are the United States Colonial Marines. No, I, I know it was United Systems. No, the systems yeah, is in uh, Resurrection. Well, That's and United there would be no systems, systems military. Anymore. There would be no systems anymore. United Systems military because they essentially would sidestep all that bullshit. Yeah, I, I just it wasn't about it. Just irked me. It was like, oh, why did we have to put that in there? That's just my sensibilities going. Oh, well, don't do that. Why don't you just put the Wayland logo on? I'd be happier with that because it's kind of it, it. It blurs the lines between a country doing something and a corporation. It could be anyone with any it, any agenda. And that I agree, obviously, because a lot of the well, even from the first film, it's more about the corporations being the enemy rather than well even them rather than the alien i guess as well so yeah. that's the kind of thing i would expect to see especially with this whole you know wayland uh, headquarters one it was one of the titles of the concept art so i would have thought that alien 5 alien 3.2 what have you would have gone more along that that route um mm. lot like with the yeah. comics um where they it's it's not the it's not wayland yutani and um in the comics is it it was just the company and then they eventually named it a uh, Bionational in the edits. Yeah, um, yeah, it's called novelization. Well. I think. Can't remember what else is called. There's a couple of. Like, I, I do. I do think that's the way they go. Yeah, you got the impression that Wayland Yutani is the puppet master, and all these little side corporations that they mention. Um, they're, they're offshoots, and they've been given here's some money. Go off into space and do that, and you know, and. I think you and I have talked about it before, Aaron, is, is destroying the angels is a big one. Mm. That's probably the kind of thing that interested me most about comics, was yeah. comics like destroying angels. It's so close to Prometheus, it's unbearable. It, it really is. Why? How do you mean? If you think about it, the, the, the main... Yeah, I, I, a young I mean, woman, in terms of... Sorry, I meant more in terms of unbearable to you. How? Well, it's unbearable how close it is. I, I, I find it difficult to think that I know. I know in my head that Blomkamp has read the comics. I, I, yeah. I, I don't think Ridley or James Cameron ever did. I don't think they read. The, I don't think they take any. And Hollywood doesn't take any notice of literature. Like that, you have a wonderful book. And occasionally they'll follow it because they've got no choice. But in terms of media tie-ins, because I would definitely agree there, there's, there's no concern for expanded universe. No, and somehow if if Ridley hadn't, if Ridley didn't read Destroying the Angels, then he got it dis- decidedly close. Like the captain of the ship is um, a black guy who's morose and. Um, is is very jovial, but also very hard-hitting, like Idris Elba's character. And then you've got, um, like, it's not Throop. I don't think her name is, is it Stroop? That's the company, Thro- I think. 
Yeah, um, the woman sent with the owl, the synthetic owl, which is straight out of Blade Runner. Oh, no, she's, you're right. It's Electro Throop. Yeah, she's she's the um, the Shaw character. And then you've got, there's an android in it that is David. It, it, I think it's Tarb, or, or I forget what his name is. but it, And they've never shown the space jockey better than they have in that comic book. Admittedly, the giant chestburst is a bit of a joke, but yeah. I know, I was never a fan of the moobs or the giant side um, side hair in that one. No, I, think, I, I mean, uh, that's an artistic license, I suppose, yeah. isn't it? So, I think the jockey be- was always going to be a hard design to get on screen. Sorry, um, Jamie. No worries, no worries. I'm just curious, what, what would be probably the best... I mean, maybe it's um, genocide you were talking about, but what would be the best... I mean, maybe there's too many to say this is the best one, but what would be the best uh, comic to tr- translate into a film? That is actually really hard. I'd have really to say on. book one. I, th- I think yeah. book one would make a, a really good sequel to Aliens, especially on film. Um, but then again, I always found book one to be quite a busy um, story, sometimes to its detriment. Yeah, there's definitely a lot going on in there. There's there's like two different plots at the same time because you have what's going on back on Earth and then you have the mission to the alien hive on the home world. Oh. Yes. I always so yeah. it's, it's two plot points going on right there. So that could be a little busy. I agree. I always thought Labyrinth would be a very good, um, a very good Ooh. film. Mm. And I, they, somebody a thousand years ago did actually write a fan script of it, um, which was quite interesting. And I should probably send that to you guys if you do like reading fan scripts. Oh, yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I'd be um, up for reading that. No problem. Because I think Labyrinth was probably one of the few that really sort of blended alien and aliens together very well, but still maintained a lot of um, uniqueness to it. Um, you know, the, the 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 bad guy, and I was getting confused with the the antagonist from Rogue... <sighs> Well, Church, sorry, Church. Cause I yeah, think, Church. Um, I think he's, they kind of ruined him at the end, um, where they made him a bit stereotypical. But up until that point, he had been one of the most interesting characters in the Alien comics, I think, especially with the flashback issues. That kind of stuff would be amazing to see on screen. Yeah, I mean, you've got that. I think that I, I always found more in, interesting was the, the horror... The, the lengths that said company, whichever company it was, was going to with their scientific pursuits, it felt like that was the end game for Wayland. You know, they, 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 wanted, they wanted it for a reason, but you're never quite clear on why. You know, mm-hmm. it, it was obviously going to be a bioweapon, or they wanted it to, or uh, vaccines, what have you. But, you know, you're right, Labyrinth was a fantastic glimpse into like a scientific kind of madness more so than stronghold i think you know mm. like you said stronghold is more about synths than anything mm, definitely yeah you know um make, what about you jamie well uh i i'll say you know my my um introduction into the comic world didn't start until alien 3 so i was a little bit late um but then as i discovered those um, I bought my first kind of graphic novel, the thicker one, which was uh, Newt's Tale. 
And I, when I read Newt's Tale, I was like, oh my God, why, where is this? Like, I'm, I thought to myself, why isn't this story being made? Um, so there's a lot that I have yet to read. Most of the things that you guys are talking about, I've heard of, but I haven't read, um, just cause I tend to be more of a, an, a movie guy. But, um, I think that, uh, like an alien film that tells Newt's story, um, right before, you know, Ripley and co get there could be really, really good. I think that would be a great film. Um, at the same time though, I, it seems like the fans are at a point point where like, let's move on from this. You know, uh, I mean, as much love as there, there is for Prometheus. In fact, I think someone just commented on our perfect organism page and said, you know, you guys are seem to be so negative about Prometheus. And I've noticed that sentiment, larger sentiment is fans love it. Um, which is fine. Hey, that's great. Somebody loves it. Um, and I mean, even I love it. I tend to love it more than, um, Bill or you Ross or and an other kind of more diehard older fans. Um, but I, in terms of like comic book or a, a comic book turned into a film. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to go back a little bit uh, or maybe, or maybe, uh, you guys are talking about genocide. That would make a great film. Uh, it sounds oh, like yeah. a new tale would be a pretty good candidate. Um, I know that novel that came out last year, river of pain is yeah. pretty similar. Yeah, is it, it does. Yeah, it adapts a lot of the bits and bobs from Newt's Tale. Um, so things like um, the jo- uh, Russ, Russ Jordan's uh, death is pretty much scene for scene from um, from Newt's Tale. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Even some of the and character that, names. Yeah, New- Newt's Tale was um, one of those special little two-shot deals that just, you know, um, again, I know you're not into your reading jam and, 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 and things, but if you get to pick up at least the first couple of omnibuses that Dark okay. Horse do, yeah, it, it's such a rich starting point for those comics. The, 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 I mean, you don't read the latest stuff like Xenogenesis and all of that garbage that came in the late 90s because it just, it's not, up until about 97, I think, is is the golden era. 88 to 97 is probably about as good as it's going to get. Yeah, sounds about no. right. Were yeah. there ever any comics um, about, like, Call and, like, the, kind of the, the people from Alien Resurrection? Um, There's, one talk- There's a couple books. Just one. Novels. Yeah. 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 Um, and there was, was a comic original book sin. film. Oh, yeah. and um, Alien vs. Predator vs. Terminator. Which was yeah. an awful comic, by the way. Oh, awful gosh. comic. That far yeah, never mind. Resurrection. Just I, I, I hate the spin-offs um, like that. I really do. It makes me sad that my first my first read of comics were those kind of things. Aren't there an Aliens vs. Batman, too? Yep, yeah. Bat- uh, Predator vs. <laughs> Batman as well. Yeah, There's Superman. a pretty good fan film with that. Yeah, as, that's uh, right. Dead End is quite possibly one of those fan films that not just for alien and predator, but for fan films everywhere really sort of showed what kind of quality you could get just oh, because that was, it, that was a benchmark, wasn't it early mm, on? Wow. Mm. I, I mean, I think, so. I think that sort of segued a lot into these, um, quotation marks, professional fan films that you're getting nowadays to like the star Trek continues and, um, Axanar, which is causing quite a bit of a stir. Sorry to go off uh, AVP, uh, Alien. Sorry, um, which we almost we almost nearly got in Alien Identity. Um, I think yes. I attribute that kind of stuff to from Batman, Dead End. 
yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, wonderful, yeah. wonderful moment on the internet, that, that, that film. <laughs> mm. Well, it made that much of an impact that even NECA did figures of the Predators from it. Yeah. Official yeah. figures, so yeah, no, it, it, it was a big deal. Well, maybe we should uh, move on and talk about kind of the big news, which is uh, Numi Rapace not being in um, Covenant. And just talk about like what Covenant is turning into this uh, very strange, I don't know what it is. You know, no one seems to really, aside from the general, the general outline that we got from Fox, that official outline, they've really done a 180 degree turn. I mean, it's... What do you guys probably for the better? Yeah, I would agree. I'd been expecting this news since the initial announcement, to be honest. Really, really. (laughs) Yeah, because uh, we all have. Well, the synopsis made no mention of Shaw whatsoever, and if it wasn't for Scott saying offhandedly in some article that she'd be in it briefly, we we wouldn't have known that she really was. So I I must admit that it it came as no surprise to me this latest news. Why do you yeah, think, though? Why do you think she's not included in this new story? I know you liked her character, but I don't think a lot of people did. I, I don't think, like her character. I didn't. I thought, I, I thought you liked Shaw. No, no. Yeah, I like Vickers. No, fair I like enough. Vickers, but I don't like Shaw. Mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of it has to do with the public um, response. And I, I've said in the past, because I, I've, I've always seen Scott sort of saying this, that he never, he never cared about the reception of his films. Um, but I think this time yeah. around, he, he is actually aware of, of what's been said, and I think a lot of it is is to do with the um, the feedback and the reaction that he's gotten. You know, they they are turning away from this semi um, prequel, semi side series kind of thing, and getting rid of the baggage um, that's left over from Prometheus. Because at the end of the day, David was the star of that film, and mm-hmm. I know everybody's happy to see him come along. But I don't think many people would care about um, Shaw being dumped off. Well, I mean, it's just a shame, really, because Numi Rapace is a wonderful actress. Oh, definitely. It's, it's just, uh, it sucks that Shaw was such a horrible character. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she do. It's she- what I choose to believe. <laughs> she could have really been written well, too. I mean, I... I because I do love Numi Rapace, I mean, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, I mean, those films are... Phenomenal films, yeah. Absolutely, and her performance in them blew me away, as did they Ridley Scott. Um, and, you know, and there were portions in Prometheus where she, you know, hit it out of the park. I thought, wow, she's great. Like, you know, the, the that med pod scene and, and just her yeah. running down the hallway. There's some really great sequences with her, or even her fighting the engineer towards the end. There were some really great... Uh, atmosphere with her and her acting. Um, I think her exposition scenes are the ones that really fell flat. Um, but I, I was thinking, well, hey, maybe some someone could kind of come back for whoever was writing Covenant could really write her well, you know. So I didn't like her in in Prometheus, but I thought, hey, Covenant, maybe I'll love her. Maybe she'll be, you know, this character that I fall in love with. Um, if she returned, I think she'd have to be more like the Ripley archetype. Like, oh, she's been on this uh, engineer homeworld and now she's badass and she's learning to survive. Yeah. She'd have to be a character like that for me to like her. I think we'll see her body, covenant. to be honest with you. I think we'll see her body or what she's turned into. Yeah, I, I think 
I had thought, I don't know if I, it's really going to go this way now, but I had thought from the comments about it being a brief appearance that it was either going to be a hand-waved comment to explain her being sacked off or potentially a setup for a bigger mystery revolving her uh, around her fate. Hmm. The, yeah. the, the one, the ones that were really worry me at the minute are uh, her being, <laughs> her being the alien, uh, the derelict pilot from the first film. Yeah, oh, those kind of those kind of theories oh. really scare me. Yeah, yeah. Where yeah. yeah. maybe she they took off in a ship and the ship crashed and somehow David got onto another ship or whatever. Some yeah, yeah. They don't. Hopefully they don't touch that. Yeah, yeah I'm, I th- I'm hoping I think- they haven't read those theories. A worry for me is, is the fact that if the getting rid of Nanumi Rapace thing, and this is me being very speculative again, and uh, you know, I'm I'm not bashing Scott all the time. It's just I I worry. It's a big deal to me or to us. Um, is that if she's not there, you can't just loop a story around David talking to things he can't talk to, or they're not going to translate. So are mm-hmm. they just going to dump other people in there who've gone looking for them? Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels too, at least with Shaw there, and then she goes or changes or disappears, dies, has, you know, because she, she couldn't take enough food with her and she's still a human, you know, and David is still just a head in a bag at that point. Yeah, they'd have to do some serious explaining Well, they've, they've about the head. Yeah, they can't just jump into it. Because that's just gonna that's gonna anger fans even more. You, you, I, like you said, you need to it. Even if there's just a brief explanation, even if it's like a log, you get a log read to you. This is the final log of Elizabeth Shaw. Blah 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 blah. This has happened, and then and then you know, like old eighties movies where it goes, the world has changed. Blah blah <laughs> blah. That kind of thing. For some reason, that's a very nostalgic thing, and people very rarely do that anymore they do the whole x-files thing you know three minutes later and all that crap is well we know it's already taking place 10 years after prometheus um really i didn't know that oh yeah um i forget her name but the costume designer um for prometheus and several of scott's last ones and for covenant had um dished the dirt um last month sometime i think just a bit of an offhanded comment saying it was taking place 10 years later Hmm. Yanti Yates, Janty Yates, I think that's the name. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, you see, it's that those kind of offhand comments that happened. You had that viral thing for Prometheus, but Ridley's prone to this, isn't he? Offhand comments. And I, I don't so, think you can really take too much stock in what he says nowadays. Until you I know, but that's, that's so wishy washy now. Mm. I know, but that's a bad thing. That that's that adds more worry. Surely, you, it, rather than saying offhand comments, you've got people like um, is it James Gunn who did Guardians and yeah. Blomkamp tweeting all who, the time. Yeah, yeah, but tweeting things that are not giving it away, but they're tantalising. Mm. And there, there's no offhand comments. Don't don't instill. Well, I, I don't think you can really blame Ridley for that one since it was just his costume designer in an interview about the unsung heroes of films. But, um, I, but, but Ridley's guilty of it, though. I mean, yeah, he, Ridley, said, Ridley. He, he said so many different things about his films. and then. But at the same time, I, I think as we're talking about this, I'm thinking about The, For- the Force Awakens and that first – the trailer that uh, premiered at um, uh, Celebration last April – 
Um, and there was things in that trailer that weren't that never ended up in the movie, like with um, what's the, what's her name, Maz Kanata giving Leia the uh, the, um, the lightsaber, and that was a, a, a kind of a narrative they completely um, gave up when we finally saw the film. And to relate it back to you know what's happening with Covenant, um, they're saying all these things that are happening, and then all of a sudden we're not seeing it or, Oh no, now we're doing this. Oh no, now we're calling it this. Um, and it just seems like, and I know we've touched on this before, but it really seems like they've, they've, they saw how much excitement bloom camps alien was getting. And they were like, fuck, we have got to, this is what they want to see. So we got to go, um, JJ Abrams on this and give them a movie that they want. And we got to involve Marines, you know, and we've got to, bring the alien back and we've got to see the face hugger and we've got to see the egg and you know um that's and part of that i can understand hey i'd like to see those things but i would like to see good a good film first not just i mean because the, the same mistake they made with alien resurrection um you don't want to see a fan service you want to see a good film yeah and i don't mind exactly. a little bit of fan service if it works if it's good um hmm. if it's smart um because i think the fans do have some good ideas but it's a balance because you can't pander and you can't uh and, it, and as you both of you guys or all of you guys w- well know um just a lot of things fans want a lot of what fans want is stupid or it's like we've seen this before we don't need to see it again yeah, or the end of the show, day, us the beast, show us the beast you know mm. but um, even if you do sorry even if they do give you what you want you say you want you st- so many people still complain about. I mean, you'll you'll see yeah. that with uh, Force Awakens, for example. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of, and Jurassic World. Even though I never really saw it for in Jurassic World, but um, you know, there's just so much stick given over um, you know the fan service, and and I suppose a lot of it's. I say I suppose I do think that a lot of it is deserved, and repetition is quite damaging to the integrity of what you're trying to do. You shouldn't. You shouldn't try and redo everything from the past that, that was loved and celebrated you should build upon it and further develop it and move away from it take you know take what was good and make it better yeah which is what like at the start of the conversation is it was about uh, the podcast is is the, the comics is where you find that more than you find it in the hope for a new movie i have i'm so low about this film <laughs> that I don't know what to do. I, I feel so like, oh my God, I know I'm going to end up going to see it because it's like red rag to a bull, but I'm not willing to cross that bridge. I'm not willing to, to cross that bridge to talk about it. it. It feels wrong until I'm there and go, right, okay, because the comic books are where I go for that furtherment of the universe because it just it's, it's, it feels freer as well. You yeah. don't... there's. There's not this need to play up to fans or because you can't please everyone, you mm. know. The universal truth. Yeah, you're just not going to please everyone. It doesn't matter how good Ridley makes this next movie, it's not going to please everyone. Someone's going to go, mm, you, you didn't do that or you didn't do this or you did that. And uh, the, the, this is why I get irked when they don't pay attention to the literature because they don't need to, like you said, Aaron, they don't need to remake, they don't need to fan service. They they need to build on and where you build on it's already been built on you just have to adapt these things yes, yes. No. and you know i certainly as a, as positive 
and hopeful as I am about covenant. And I am strangely, I, I am. And I think that's the, the optimist in me, but I'm also, I, I don't want some colony member on from the ship covenant to walk into this big room and it's an egg silo and Oh, just like alien, they've got to make it different. They can't retread old territory. We've seen, I mean, essentially with Prometheus, they weren't eggs, but they were urns, but it was a similar thing. And they start acting weird and someone looks at it and then, then David takes it. Um, but uh, it, it's a really tough thing. I wouldn't want that job. That's a very difficult job to make an alien film that's scary, that's original, um, but also pleases your fans. Um, that's rough, and that's a that's a it's a tough call for Ridley because Ridley Scott's not that kind of guy. Ridley Scott's like I'm making whatever movie I'm making. Screw you, you know. Yeah, you. I mean, you don't tell uh, Picasso, oh, your lines look stupid. Yeah, you know, make this painting because we want it to look like this. You know. Ridley's that kind of guy. Yeah. He does whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. yeah, but he always needs a counterbalance. I mean, that's, yes. that's what made Alien great was there was people fighting him. Um, I say fighting him. Well, some of the concept artists uh, just about did from the sounds of it. Um, but no, it, it, it was a balance. Sorry, I was just reading Strange Shapes. Um, I say just reading. I read it earlier this morning. Strange Shapes article about um, Ron Cobb and how he his... Um, mentalities for the functional conflicted with um scots and um dan o'bannons and stuff like that so sorry that just made me think of that uh, i mean that's a true comment. point you, those like i've said in the, the, the first podcast you're on he's only as good as the sum of his parts and o'bannon and cobb and and Geiger, they were it, it was a, a a melding of those people and you can't get away from that whereas i think that's something you just don't get in films anymore you don't get that collaboration or that thought or you don't get someone saying no don't do that do this and i suppose it's, it's very difficult yeah well he, he's got a lot of clout now hasn't he so you know can you imagine being the guy that has to stand up to ridley scott yeah um, i'll, I'll yeah. stand up to say you know, this isn't working out. Let's fire. Uh, you're gonna. You're off this show. You know. Yeah, I, I would raise up out of my chair to stand up to that man just to go. Look, <laughs> just, 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 just ease up a little bit and think about what you're doing because, you know, he would have been wise to keep Blomkamp there. You know, at the very least, because he's got that kind of our generational feeling towards the literature. The, yeah. the, the the, the expanded universe he's got a better understanding Ridley birthed this thing with O'Bannon and Geiger and Cobb and all those people but he, he, he's not he's not part of what it became yeah this is, I agree. this is something I think he doesn't realise he's not a part of what it became everyone after then is he kind of gets all the credit for it, though, even though he was just one of the many people who made Alien as great as it was. You can say this. kind of his baby, you know? You can yeah, say the same I, I, any sort of film, though. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I'm more of a, uh, I'm more in O'Bannon's camp than I am in Ridley's for Alien. If, oh, sure. You know, just, just, you know, Ridley Scott was way more back then, you know? He was at the, he was, he, it was much more of a struggle for him to get that film made. Um, than it is now. He can do essentially whatever he wants, you know, and I think, and I've mentioned this before, we've discussed this before, this is always the, these are the, this is a difficult thing with these directors who have clout, 
you know, Ridley Scott's been making films for 40 years. Um, he, uh, you know, people look at him as a god. Um, and in some ways I do too. Um, but uh, so I think it's hard for people to, I mean, I heard it uh, during interviews with Damon Lindelof where he was like, oh, it's Ridley Scott. Like people are afraid right. to say anything. Um, yeah. cause they, maybe they're, you know, writers get taken off films all the time, although they should have taken Lindelof off, off of Prometheus. Um, but I, I think it's hard to approach Ridley Scott and say, Hey, we think that this would be better. And I think some of the best art comes from struggle and, uh, with that doesn't happen anymore with Ridley Scott. He doesn't struggle. He makes it. Films and it moves doesn't on. happen in film, does it? You don't get that struggle in film full stop, I don't think. They're so streamlined and so, you know, I think um, maybe you have Marvel to blame for it because it's all about getting seats on butts, uh, butts on seats, sorry. You know, it's not, <laughs> it's, not about, it's not about the film. It's not about the art. It doesn't feel like that anymore. And Ridley, Ridley's got that kind of vibe about him now. He's, he's, he's got that ego. Yeah. And you're right, JM, struggle... A, a film that is so tough to make and it's grueling and, you know, like what James Cameron went through with the UK crews and it was so tough to get the, his vision there made such a crisp, beautiful film. Yeah. You know, or the Revenant. I don't know. This is a more recent film, but I've been reading a lot about how difficult it was to make that film. And Tom Hardy was like, man, this, uh, this is costing me money. I got to leave, but they couldn't. And they're trudging through all of, all over the, the country, North America, um, Alaska, parts of South America too. Yeah, yeah. To get it was uh, to get right natural lighting. Yeah, and to and the film the the final film is like poetry. It's beautiful. It's I can't go on enough about it. And I think again, you know, I that there's I don't think art has to be struggle, but the best art comes from struggle. It comes from this idea that we can relate to you. I mean, you look at the first Star Wars, you look at Alien, you look at Blade Runner, you're not just looking at Blade Runner, you look at how relatable uh Rick Deckard is. That he's every he's every we are all a, a part of Rick Deckard. And I think that's the same way with Ripley. We are all a little bit a part of her. And so then now, you know, you come in years later and you have these directors, Ridley Scott, who Millionaire, probably a hundred million times over. Um, I, it's hard to relate to a millionaire. It's hard to, and I think it's hard for a millionaire to relate to people who make twenty five thousand dollars, thirty five thousand dollars a year. Um, and it's hard for their art to relate. So it's 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 a, it shouldn't be a tall order to get a good film, but it is a tall order because they're the, mm-hmm. they're different people. Um, and I think. Really, I think that Bloomkamp's film would is probably if it happens, it's going to be the better film because he's struggling to get it made. Yeah, yeah. See, that's that, that's going to be another another thing that relies on the people behind him there. Because don't get me wrong, I think District Nine's a wonderful film. Um, I'm probably one of the two. Um, sorry, I'm probably one of the few people that likes Chappie, but he isn't. He isn't a writer. Yeah, um, but but the beauty of of, of Bloomkamp is he's acknowledged um, that that's his weakness. Yeah. Um, so you know, if if we do get an Alien fight, well, we will when we get Alien three point two. I have no disillusions about that. Um, it's going to be gorgeous, no doubt about that. It's going to be industrial. There's going to be mechs, all sorts of uh, gorgeous photorealistic um, creatures. I bet. Um, but if he doesn't have that help with his weakness, it's you're still going to be pissed off. 
Yeah. So again, it's it's not. There's so much more to it than 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 simply um, one aspect or two aspects or what have you. And is this something that I've discussed? I mean, over or I've talked about with several people or kind of throughout the years. And obviously, it's not just with Alien, but and I, I you know I'll, I'll talk about the Muppets for a minute. And the Muppets really kind of went downhill for a long, long time. And what in what brought them back was one man. It was Jason Siegel. Uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall, who grew up with the Muppets, he was passionate. He was like he wrote, he wrote the script. Um, he kind of co-wrote it, but still, he was kind of the impetus behind it. He's like, no, I love these. Let's let's make it true. Let's make it real. Let's bring it back. And so then they released the Muppets. What was it? Two or three years ago now, and it was awesome. And it felt really authentic. And it felt like something Jim Henson had a hand in doing. Um, mm. And uh, I, and I and if I look at other films. Um, I think that's what you need. You need it, it's it's when you're try, trying to kind of mix. You know, film isn't something, and I think the studios think it is. Film isn't something where you can throw all these ingredients in and mix it up and say, okay, we've made it, <laughs> we're making a really good film. You need the passion of someone to come in and say, no, I've got a story that I've been just itching to tell. And I think Bloom Camp is one of those um, where he's got a, a hopefully a good story. Um, you know, we are a little bit wary because um, Elysium. I did. I see. I saw Elysium twice in the in the theater. The first time I walked out, I was mad. The second time I walked, I was even more mad because I thought the story was so terrible. Um, Chappie, I actually did enjoy. I thought it was great for what it was. Um, it could have been better for sure. Um, I actually thought Sigourney Weaver didn't do a great acting job. I thought she was really hammy in the film. Um, but I, I just, with these, these properties, uh, that we love like Blade Runner, like, uh, the alien films, it needs that one ingredient, the most important ingredient, which is I have a story that I have to tell. And, uh, so far I, I don't sense that from Ridley Scott. He wants ownership, but I don't know if he's passionate, you know? Um, no. I don't Scott think he gets what it means. He likes painting pictures. And I mean that in the simplest of senses. Scott's very much about what's on screen. I think less about the content, you know, because his story ideas are not great. Um, and I, I always, re- I always refer back to the uh, the whole biting off Ripley's head and the alien doing the, oh, the broadcast. That, that drawing he did of the alien, what it would have become if he'd have had his way, and oh god. That, you seen that sketch of the drawing of the alien that he did that is his vision for the xenomorph was it the three-legged thing yeah like know, a crab was that, was that thing yeah it was in the Ridley Grams weren't it I, okay, I, remember that one. I just need to see it again yeah terrible <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I I, I I know I and it's 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 tough I mean like I, I think about Star Wars and I what I also really think too is happening is 20th Century Fox is taking note from J.J. Abrams and Star Wars. And I think all of this has happened because of the success of The Force Awakens. J.J. Abrams is passionate. He made some decisions that I didn't really agree with, but I love the film. I thought it was a really, really great film. Um, But you had a man who was passionate. He thought, no, I have a story that I can tell, and I love these characters. And you, you, you can hear it in his voice when he talks. You can see it in the kind of behind the scenes stuff. You don't see any of that with Ridley Scott. He's so kind of buttoned up he's so kind of proper um and i'm ridley scott yeah and he's a bit of an egomaniac maniac to some degree 
um, where no one can tell me anything. He's become George Lucas, you know. Uh, he's, he's become he's, James Cameron. He or you know, and James Cameron. I I I I don't think. Um, I still think he has that drive and that passion. Um, as much, uh, you know, I saw uh, Avatar four times in the theater, and I don't really think about the Avatar films, but they come from a place of passion for James Cameron. He he, ha- he they're, they're stories he has to tell because he's a writer and he's a storyteller, and so I appreciate that about him. Um, and you could see how much he loved Ripley by the story he wrote for Aliens. And unless that happens, unless that somehow happens, Covenant probably won't be very good. Maybe I feel like it will be. I feel like something's happening that we don't know. I feel like it is going to be good, but um, I, I think I have to hope that it's good because I love this series so much, and we've just had a bad run. You know, um, we've had the last few films that have come out, the EVP films, which I don't really count, but still I do, and then Prometheus, and then Re- Resurrection. I mean, we're we're two, and we're two for what is it? How many films are there total now? Um, Say so they have four. Two for well, if you count. The well, movie. no, I suppose yeah. Yeah, so two for six, two for seven. Yeah. I don't know, something like that. We need a good film. We really, really do. Um, I mean, and I, I hope that I feel like Covenant's going to be good. I do. Well, just to uh, steer it slightly back towards the expanded universe, um, we, we've had isolation um, yes. recently. So you know, it's not all bad. And again. Right. To keep on point as well, um, Dan Abnett, who wrote the main story for Isolation, is um, the man in charge of a new comic series that's been announced, Life and Death, I think it was, um, which yeah. is another big sort of uh, multi-series um, comic event. They've, they've only announced the Predator one so far, but there they will be Alien and uh, Prometheus and AVP in there as well. Yeah. Cool. The, the problem with the, like, that's an issue I forgot to raise when we were talking about the comics is, I'll just briefly touch on it, is, is some of the the standalone Alien books are four to six issues, maybe. Mm. And one that went longer was Colonial Marines, uh, about Vasquez's sister and uh, another group of platoon Marines, and it was wonderful. Oh, that was, just, yeah. I like describing just, that one. It's dragged um, on and... Mm. It was just. It was just. It wasn't even. It was. It was. It was so labor intensive reading it. It was like, oh, oh god. And then and then they're at this planet, and there's a swimming alien, and then they're they're here, and it was. It was. They don't run well. If you, I'm hoping the next Prometheus join in with Pre- Predator reads better and flows better than Fire and Stone did because it, it. They were. They felt like standalone stories. They didn't feel like a compendium, at all. Of, of, well, with with one writer, it, so as far as we know so far, handling the whole series, and especially with somebody with the acclaim of Dan Abnett, who has shown us that he yeah. can do Alien, um, yes. you know, it's slightly more inclined to feel positive about this one. Yeah. yeah. And of course, um, Alien uh, Defiance to look forward to. Oh yeah, that, that's that's. I think that's going to be another. We have. I don't think we're going to have seen art like his since book one. That, I, I, yeah, we just have to uh, pin Tristan down and get a, get his ass on the show sometime. Yeah, yeah we're, we're also trying to do show. that. He said he wanted to be, and we it almost happened, but uh, he's just so busy. Yeah, we've been uh, talking with him since like late September, early October. Yeah, yeah. Um, trying to get him on. 
I guess maybe that's a wrap, but I, I want to uh, address one thing. Somebody in the somebody on our page made mention that there's a lot of Prometheus bashing happening, and I, I don't think it's Prometheus bashing at all. I think it's just people asserting an opinion, but that, it's an opinion that gets asserted a lot, um, and I'm fine with that. Hey, we're all different, and I think with the internet, people have this have this idea that. Um, they need to be heard all the time. And I'm one of those people too. I have to kind of say, Hey, I don't always need to write my opinion. I don't always need to say, well, I disagree. Um, but I, I, so somewhat in defense of Prometheus, and this is something that I've talked about with Bill recently or in the, in the group, Ross, and I'm sure you probably saw it. Um, as much, um, critiques that I have or criticisms that I have about Prometheus and I have them, believe me, and everyone knows they've heard it. Um, we've all heard it. Um, I believe that there's a masterpiece of a film inside Prometheus. Um, there's something that keeps me watching it. There's, some, there's something about the film that makes me watch it over and over. Um, there's something about the engineers and the lore of who they are and the quietness and the stillness of who they are and the way that Ridley set all that up, I thought was brilliant. I thought was just, again, a masterpiece. Um, and I, I loved it. And, you know, the visuals and there was a lot of Geiger things that they did that that things that they never used in the original alien that Ridley Scott wanted to use that he kind of brought back for Prometheus that I, I noticed right away. A lot of people didn't, but I did. I'm sure you guys did because you're hardcore fans like as I am. Um, so I have a lot of Prometheus love. Um, I think my frustration for, um, for the characters trumps my love for them because I love so many of the other characters first in Alien and Aliens and Alien 3 to get a film where the visuals are great and the lore and the mythology is really great, but the characters suck. That's like a, it's like, it's like the, uh, the Capulets and the Montagues in my, in like in my head, like, Oh, I love this part of it, but this was horrible, you know? So there's my spiel on Prometheus. And I know probably people get sick of it, you know, here, but you know, again, you feel like you get betrayed. You there feels like a betrayal to some degree, um, and it takes a while to get over it, you know. And it's always going to be that film, that film that fucked things up, you know. So, but there's potential to to write the ship. Absolutely, I agree. Absolutely, yes. yeah. Well, there's potential there, and I don't think Rick uh, Prometheus Bastion's probably fair. I think we're we're all entitled to our opinion. Absolutely, uh, we all get frustrated, and I think you touched on it before, Jim. It means it's family, and when family stabs you in the back, <laughs> <laughs> you you you're going to get hurt. And I yeah. think it, it's more of a frustration point of view that oh God, why did they do that? And mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's not about hatred i don't think i think that's the wrong thing to use because no one's going out there there are people going out there and doing it but i don't i don't i don't think a lot of us come from that point of view we're just very frustrated about yeah. what it was and what it became and what it could have been you know and it, i felt that same way about resurrection i mean i it took me years to kind of forgive joss whedon for writing such a horrible horrible story with horrible one-liners um, and, and really it was Fox too. I was mad at like, you guys threw this film together and you go, Oh, this is a good writer and we like what he does. And, Oh, this is a good director and he does dark stuff. So let's get him. Um, and it took me a long time, especially what kind of happened to Ripley, even though Ripley wasn't the same Ripley, she was an essence, had essence of the same Ripley in her and how they kind of left her. And I was like, man, you just, you fucked over all these characters. Um, and you rehashed some of these great things that we saw. So it took me a while. And I think take, it, it will take a while for people to kind of 
get this shit out of your system. And maybe Covenant will do that. Maybe Covenant will be an awesome film, hopefully, that we won't have to think about Prometheus as much. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's just one of, those, one of those things I think that we've got to accept. Yeah. yeah definitely. Um, uh, JM, I, 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 I've been asked by Will to do some shameless promotion at the end of the podcast, if that's Absolutely. possible. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, oh, I just just before I do that, I just wanted to say to anyone who, out there who's a prospective comic book buyer, because I, I I work in a comic shop, I think it's important not to use the big mainstream people to get these books. So that if you're looking for a, a comic, go to, I think it's comicshoplocator.com. You'll find your nearest comic shop and use your local stores because that's where the heart of the, the comic world is, not on Amazon or the bigger names. I'm not going to go into it, but you, you know, so I just thought, I just thought I'd say that. So comic, comic shop locator can tell you across the world where your local comic shop is and you pick them up there. So, um, that's just the first thing. And here's, here's the shameless promotion. (laughs) Um, (laughs) everyone, um, on the perfect organism. And I thank you, Peter, Jamie and, uh, Aaron, um, Wayland Yutani Bulletin is rolling out a booth this year, a debut booth at Dublin Comic-Con on the 6th and 7th of August. Please come and join us. Um, uh, you'll find us on Facebook, um, Wayland Yutani Bulletin, and you'll get there'll be more details as the, as the months go through to August. So um, just look out for us there if you're there or if you want to come. Brilliant. So... Yeah, that's all I have to say. Thank you. Fantastic. And join us on the Wayland Utani Bulletins on Facebook. It's a great place. It's really exciting. I always love going in there. And uh, Aaron, do you want to plug AVP? Sure. Um, so uh, if, if you didn't catch earlier, I'm uh, one of the co-admins from Aliens vs. Predator Galaxy, um, which you can find on avpgalaxy.net. Um, we're currently the longest-running um I don't really know how to word it. Um, traditional, I suppose, um, sort of community. We're not we're not based off Facebook, um, although we do we do have a Facebook page. We can just find on AVP Galaxy. Um, so there's you know a good decade and a few uh, worth of um, info and uh, posts on there. So feel free to stop by, um, stop by for your news, join in with us if uh, you so fancy a chat. Awesome, cool. Sounds like a wrap. Cool. Thank you guys so much. That was, that was great. That was awesome. Uh, thank you for having me again, JM. I'm, I'm, I'm making a habit of this. So. All right. All right. <laughs> we'll probably go back to me and Pete for a while, but uh, what, when we have another round table, we're, you're, 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 hopefully we can get Bill this time too because that was a great conversation. But thank you guys so much. Really, really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, you guys are always welcome to chat with us. Cracking, thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. Do appreciate all right. it. All right. Thanks, guys. And uh, take care, Aaron. Um, I'll hopefully see you soon anyway. So. Indeed. Thanks. 